Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, my colleague, Mary Gamba. We're honored to kick off the show with Kika Wise, who's CEO of Kika Stretch Studios, CEO of Franchise with Kika. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well. How are you? Great. You haven't joined us in a while. Uh, check out past episodes of Kika on uh, Lessons in Leadership. Hey, Mary, you say I always have props, right? Yep. Oh. Nice. Kika, I had one of the first Kika... I'm flexible, the Kika method. Actually, the truth is I'm not that flexible. <laughs> <laughs> You're very flexible. So by the way, Kika, let everyone know, because they're wondering, why is Steve even talking about yeah. being flexible? What does it have to do with the Kika method? Tell everyone what the Kika method is, and a shout out to my stretching instructor at Kika, Ashley, who is the best. Go ahead. Awesome. Yes. So it's Kika Stretch Studios. I'm the founder and creator of the Kika method. So the Kika method is a form of stretching that takes away all the pain and tension that's been trapped inside of your body for years. So we use stretch coaches and the stretch coaches use a series of movements to help release your body so that you can experience what it is to feel free again. Kika, you and I, have uh, we're, we go back a long way. We've had lots of conversations, not just about stretching, but frankly about business. Yes. You've evolved not just to, and tell folks about your background coming into this. You're a dancer by your professional background, please. Yeah. So I trained as a professional dancer. I acted and danced in the city for years, television and film. So naturally, I knew the art of branding and how to sell myself. So when I transitioned into business the first year, all I did was read books on marketing, how to start a business with no money, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized that I've mastered the art of branding. I just had to master the art of business and put it together. And and to watch Kika's operation grow, how many how many facilities across the country? So we have seven locations across the country. Hmm. The one I'm in is in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. It's, it was the first, and 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 it's just so interesting to me to watch your growth, to watch the organization's growth. Biggest change in you, and then I'll have Mary jump in, um, who's very tight, trust me. So um, <laughs> the biggest change in you as a leader three plus years into COVID is? I would say that truly now my focus is what creating a great environment for my staff and the people who work for me and helping them reach success. When I first started, it was about me. I was trying to do it for myself. But then as I started hiring more and more employees, I realized, oh, wow, I'm responsible <laughs> for their livelihood. So it kind of shifted my mind and changed the way I, I thought. So finding ways to help the community and also the local economy for the people who work for me. Yeah. Put up the website for uh, the Kika, uh, Kika Stretch Studios and find out more. Mary, jump in. Yeah, definitely. So I just realized I still have my glasses on. <laughs> Steve, we have to talk off the air about that. I may just start using these all the time. So Kika, talk about some of the challenges. I'm really curious about this. We talk about women leadership, man, men leadership. Is there a difference being a woman entrepreneur trying to start your own business? Do you think that there's different challenges that you face being a woman uh, starting your own business than say what a man would be facing uh, starting his own business? Yes, definitely. I would say when I walk into a room, uh, I have to kind of show who I am a little bit more, go through my resume, 
uh, so people can see that, yes, I'm a woman, but I've also built this strong empire and that I can, you know, hold any type of conversation with anyone. So it's almost like I have to present who I am, what I've done before engaging in serious conversations. But then when I do that, you know, people are blown away, like, wow, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Also, I'm a mother. So the dynamic of both of them, both of those mm -hmm. things and constantly carrying the load, the blessing, the blessed load, not a load like in a bad way, but <laughs> carrying the load of motherhood and a brand and a business and multiple businesses is a unique experience that very few, uh, you know, know what it's like. So. To Kika, to what degree does being a black woman complicate it even more as a business leader? I would say times uh, 1,000, uh, <laughs> 1,000 times harder because not only do I have to prove myself as a person, business owner, but I've been in rooms where people have often said, how'd you get here? Um, how'd you, how'd you get here? <laughs> no, literally, how'd you get here? How'd you get here? that feature story in the New York Times early on? How'd you <laughs> get that? Right, I remember. Yeah, like, and like when I when Steve was there when I first started my business, I would tell people some of my clients like, "Yes, I'm going to Starbucks to have a meeting." And I remember this one person was like laughed and chuckled like, "A meeting about what?" And I was like, <laughs> "So <laughs> so <laughs> here we are." Um and even like small things. I called it Kika Starch Studios with an S. And someone was like, why is there an S? There's only one studio. And I said, yes, but in the future, there'll be more. So I've always had to kind of like fight hard to prove who I am. So now I'm just like, here I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah, but hold on, Keith. I'm going to add this. Uh, well, over your left shoulder, there's a picture of you and a gentleman. Yes. Uh, whom I recognize. Yes. Um, did, you, did you just have your seventh wedding anniversary? Fifth. It feels like okay. 75. It feels like oh. <laughs> In a good way, you mean. In a great way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saved you there. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it's a, it, was, it, was, it was a great wedding. And, and, but I remember, let me, let me ask you this about that. Yes. Tell folks about your partner, your husband, who's also a terrific leader and, and leading young men in the world of sports and making a real impact. And how the heck, what's it like for two strong leaders in a home who have very clear views on not just leadership, but parenting. That's complex stuff. Go ahead. That is an amazing question. My husband owns Wise Basketball Training, and he he has uh, he's an auditor by day and a basketball trainer by night. And so he helps train some of the pro athletes, high school athletes across New Jersey and helps them get into the NBA. So he's constantly training, constantly enhancing his skill sets, traveling a lot. Um, he's definitely the greatest partner I could have because I'm very like, ah, and he's very calm. So definitely a great balance. And what it's like to be in a, we're just both, we have to force ourselves to not work when we're home. We have really? to find each other and we have to like engage and be present with our children because we're constantly grinding, building, and we're both doing it at the same time. So it's a very interesting house to be in. Hmm. By the way, uh, you should say his name is Jamar and you should not be cutting that out, okay? <laughs> Just a piece of advice. I don't say my wife, I say my wife, Jen. Okay, my husband, Jamar Wise. 
Just correcting, yeah. Not that I haven't been married for it. No, I'm joking. It's only twice, and that's the way it's going to be. Mary, jump back in. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, Kika, I'd love to talk a little bit about your leadership style. Uh, Steve and I talk about that all the time. You must be challenged because having a, being a franchiser, franchisee, I always get those two confused, but having many franchises, how do you ensure quality control, right? Like, how are you managing and leading the people that are, because you seem like me very type A, I like to be in control, but you're really relinquishing some of that control. So how do you lead those people, oversee those people, but not helicoptering at the same time? Yes, that's wonderful. Great, great point. So it's very important to select the right people to be within the organization because everyone likes a sense of freedom and you don't want to right, micromanage so you build this relationship of trust with all of the franchisees and just constantly provide trainings, uh, constantly go over basic principles so that everyone's on the same page. Uh, social media, you know, what we do is visual. So social media is a great tool that we use for training. So when we see movements and we can monitor what's going on within the facilities and if we notice anything a little off, will provide training. So we see it as training improvement. We know our franchisees want to win, so that's not an issue. So if we provide, you know, uh, constructive criticism from really a place of wanting them to do better, it's received in a different way. So we're all trying to win. So if your arm is here and it's supposed to be here, I'm gonna tell you how your arm being here will help your studio thrive and approaching it that way it's, it's received a little bit better. Kika has been killing it for a long time um, as a business person, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend. She just, you know, for me, seeing when it's, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but seeing how it started, when it started, seeing you at the beginning and seeing you now is has been so inspiring on so many levels. I want everyone to check out Kika's website to find out more and also say that for me, Mary and I talk a lot about wellness and I actually wrote in this new book, I'm not going to plug it, but there's a whole section on wellness. Mary, do you notice that I mentioned Kika Studio? Mm -hmm. Yep, you section? did. Because for me, that day every week, and this is whether whatever whatever you do, whether it's yoga or Pilates, stretching, whatever it is, do something for yourself. Do something for yourself. Because it's not disconnected from our ability to be the best or our need to be the best and most focused leaders we can be. I'm off my soapbox. Sorry, Mary. Kika, thank you very much. Good stuff. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to share the stage with both of you. And Mary, I am going to get you a complimentary. I'm going to give you one of my sessions because uh, I've been noticed you've been a little tight with me and I, I, want, I want you to be more relaxed <laughs> and it will help. Trust me. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Package of 10, you get one of them. Kika, <laughs> thank you very much. Mary and I will be back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. 
NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Chamber celebrating 50 years of building connections and driving business growth. Hey kids, PBS Kids and Delta Dental want you to have a healthy smile. So here are some tips for you to remember. Number one, eat plenty of crunchy fruits and vegetables. Number two, brush your teeth after eating sugary snacks or drinking sodas. And number three, drink lots of water to wash away food particles. When your teeth are happy, all of you is happy. From PBS Kids and Delta Dental, have a healthy smile. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. We welcome our good friend Tom Iadanza, the president of Valley National Bank. Good to see you, Tom. Hey, Steve. Good to see you. And by the way, check out uh, our website. It'll be up on the screen. Interviews that we've done. Mary, we did uh, Ira Robbins, the CEO. Yes. Yvonne's in there too, right? And Jake? Yvonne, and we had Jake, yes. On the, the talent yeah. HR team. And Tammy. We had Tammy Mata on as well. Tammy was great. Oh, I'm number five? That's how that's where I ranked in there? <laughs> oh, Steve, you just walked yourself right into that one. I just am going to sit back. And listen, we have a significant contract with Valley to do the Valley Leadership Academy. And I think Tom has to sign off on it. We're screwed up. Um, hey, Tom, real quick, let, let's do that right off the bat. It's not about the Valley Leadership Academy that we're honored to, to be a part of at Stand and Deliver. It's about leadership development. We've known each other well over a decade. I know that developing other people is literally one of your top two or three priorities as a leader. How did that become a huge part of your leadership portfolio, Tom? You know, Steve, you learn early on that you can either choose to do everyone's job or develop people under you to create bench strength and depth in an organization so that organization can grow. It, it certainly there is nothing more important than my role in my role than developing talent for the future for the bank. You have to have constant succession planning constant deepening of bench and constant reinforcement of the values and culture of an organization. And that really starts at the top and has to permeate all the way down. Everyone has that responsibility to develop talent. Let me push back a little bit, Tom. You and I have had some real raw, honest, difficult conversations about talent or the lack thereof. Translation. I consider both of us, and don't take this the wrong way, Tom, and while we're modern in some ways, we're old school guys in this way. We believe no excuses, hard work, get the job done, don't complain. Translation, or there's a question here. Do you believe, Tom, there's anything to the argument that younger people tend to not fall into that category as much as some of us old school folks do, and they frankly don't want to work as hard? Or do you think that's total bunk? It's not true. It's not my experience in how we have engaged in our process of hiring. You know, Steve, I'll remind you, we have a very active training program here, and we hire probably 30 kids out of college every year. And we have an internship program where we engage anywhere from 50 to 80, you know, college-level kids uh, during the course of their summers off. And I will tell you, we have done a fabulous job uh, handpicking what we perceive to be bright individuals as well as hardworking individuals. So no, Steve, I don't buy that, that the younger generation does not want to work hard. What motivates them is different. How you get them to work hard is different today than it was maybe when I came out of college. For example, Tom. <clears throat> you know, Steve, they want to feel important. You know, they, they want to feel that they're starting 
as an equal to everyone else in the organization, not that they have to earn their paces. You know, when I came up, you had to earn your paces. You had to take your time. You had to follow somebody. Today, you know, today, and, and by the way, they're much smarter coming out of college today than I would have perceived my generation to be. They can do so much more with how they've learned and the efficiencies and the social media and the computer usage and the stuff that they're able to do now that we never could even have thought of when we came out of college, but they want to be motivated differently. They're, they're, they're not motivated by money, that, that's a fallacy also. They're motivated by challenge and opportunity, but you've got to spend more time communicating what that opportunity is to them. When we were growing up, you know, coming out of college, happy to get a job, happy to have an opportunity, never left before your boss left, always came <laughs> in before your boss came in. You know, today, they're working twenty four seven, but it's different. They're working from home. They're doing different. stuff on their phone. Things that we didn't have the ability to do. So no, I, I don't buy. They're hardworking. They want to be hardworking. They want to be successful, but they're more ambitious from the standpoint of growth and where they want to end up in their careers. All yours, Mary. Yeah, Tom, you you touched on something there, and it's something that we talk about a lot at the Valley Leadership Academy, and it's the leadership wellness connection. And you hit it on the head, right? 24-7 with the pandemic, we were working from home, and now a lot of people are a hybrid or full back into work, but those lines are blurred. How do you encourage a culture of wellness when 24-7, as you said, we've got our phones, we've got our computers, people are going home to get that project done. Where do you draw that line, and how are you encouraging a culture of wellness at Valley? And what, recommenda what recommendation do you have for others watching today in that same regard? Yeah, I mean, that is a great question because that is such a hard line to walk. Uh, you know, I, I would like to say we do it by example, but you know, we're in the office a lot. We put a lot of hours in the office, and we're always on call. So I don't, I, I would tell you that we're, we're leading it the right way by example. We have a firm, hard line. We don't text people on weekends unless it's an absolute emergency. We don't email people on weekends unless it's an emergency. We respect family time. We respect personal time. We encourage people, go do things with your family. If that means you have to leave at three o'clock to catch a kid's ball game or take care of an elderly parent, you go do that because we know when we need you and we need you here for longer, you're going to be here for us. So we constantly encourage people to be out and to spend time with their families. We recognize family first, your career is important, your family's first. We also have wellness programs that we offer as part of, of our benefit program. You know, whether it's, it's you know, having people speak to them about the importance of wellness, things that they can do to improve their wellness. It's first and foremost, and we really push hard to make sure people have the right balance of work and home life. Hey Mary, see what Tom said about emails on the weekends? Yep. Hey, I, I say we, we, we don't, do, you know, I, I tell you, Ira and I email back and forth all weekend, but we, we make sure that people do have their free time. It's different. Well, and, yeah. And Tom, I, I think what Steve's alluding to, so way back in the day, like a month ago, no, I'm kidding. Uh, way back in the day, Steve would send text messages on the weekend or these lengthy emails about something he saw. But to Steve's credit, he is evolving himself as a leader. And the only thing he hasn't evolved to do yet is where you can compose an email and save it and then send, have it send on Monday morning. But everyone acknowledges that. So Steve, in the first line of the email, no need for a weekend response, just streams of consciousness sending this while I'm thinking about it. And then people can choose to respond or not. But that alone, Steve, is a huge win for you. So I just want to give you the, the kudos where it's deserved. I appreciate that. So from now on, 
I will be emailing with Tom and Ira, just the three of us, every weekend. <laughs> I'm looking for someone to talk to, Steve, so please do. <laughs> hey, Tom, real quick, I want to follow up on something. Uh, so many interesting things you said about wellness, but 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 uh, this is interesting to me. One of the issues, and, and again, I don't like pushing this new book too much. Well, that's not true. I do like pushing the new book, Lessons in Leadership 2.0, the tough stuff. Tom gave us a great testimonial, as did Ira, and I think Yvonne as well. Real quick on this. In the chapter I wrote on wellness, I wrote about meetings, translation. I have argued, Tom, and I need you to push back or do whatever on this, that we have too many meetings, they're too back-to-back, -back, and it's adversely impacting our overall well-being. Am I making too much of it, Tom? I had answered. No, and it's even worse. The pandemic created the opportunity to meet by Zoom, to meet remote. And what that means, everyone could attend that meeting. Everyone could be part of that, that meeting. And yes, it is way too much. You know, my view is if you need more than an hour to have in a meeting, you're losing something. Most of our meetings are 15, 20 minutes. Okay, strategy sessions certainly go on longer, but catch-up meetings, what's going on? They have to be efficient. They have to be fast. They have to be to the point allowing people to express opinions, but you got to keep it within control. And, and you know, what drives me a little bit crazy, Steve, it's kind of what you're saying. You know, I'll, I'll sign into a meeting that's on Zoom and I'll see 100 people at that meeting. And 60 of them have their cameras on. So it really tells me that they're not, you know, concentrating. Uh, they're not engaged, Tom. I'm sorry for interrupting. I use the word in the Leadership Academy, we've been pushing at Valley for the meeting leaders, the leaders at Valley, to engage people, get them involved. And I said to Mary, and when did we get to the point, Tom, where being in a meeting, the standard for being in a meeting is you had to have a pulse and you didn't even have to be on camera. You're barely breathing. The bar's too low. I'm off my soapbox, Tom. How do we force engagement and participation in meetings so that people aren't just checking off the box? Yeah. And, and Steve, there's different types of meetings, certainly. You know, so, so in our world, if you don't have to be in the meeting, you're not supposed to be there. We'll knock you off. If you're not on camera, we knock you off. Okay. So, so we have now taken meeting, you know, and I'll, as an example, we have a credit committee a couple times a week. Probably you go through, present, you know, hear presentations on five, six new loan opportunities. In that case, we would have 140 meeting people at those meetings on Zoom, mostly cameras off. Well, you know what? Since we, we instituted beginning of this year, if you're at that meeting, you have to have a reason to be at that meeting. And learning and understanding could be a reason, especially for our analysts and our underwriting staff. Uh, but if you're not part of the presentation, you shouldn't be there. If you're not on camera, you're not going to be allowed to stay there. You know, we went from 140 people to probably averaging 35, 40 people. So you just, the meetings have to be faster. They have to be concise. It's not pontification. It's bringing out, you know, it's bringing out the talent and getting people to provide the input. If you're going to empower people to own their businesses, they have to input into those businesses and it starts at those meetings. Mary, you got the last question. Yeah, definitely. I, I was just curious uh, in terms of your own wellness. And again, I know it sounds like we're stuck on this, but it's for good reason. We're now recording this more than three years into the pandemic. What do you do for your own wellness? Yeah, I, not enough. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, it, it's I try to make sure that I, I get exercise in every day, but it's probably four to five days uh, you know, a week. Um, Healthy, just getting out of the office, not getting tied to the office, taking a walk at lunchtime, not being stuck here, getting out. I spend a lot of time visiting customers. That's healthy for my wellness. It gets me out of the office. It gets me out of putting out fires, but it gets me in the market understanding what's really going on uh, in the economy and, and with you know directly with our customer base. Um, 
on the weekends, you know, you, you, you try to shut it down. You try not to focus solely on work. It's hard. It, it, it really is. And by the way, you know, in this past month, you know, it's been impossible to really shut it down with everything. Uh, We're taping in mid-April. There have been some challenges in the banking industry. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned it real quick. How do you keep confidence? How do you keep the confidence of your customers, of your stakeholders, when some other banks have certain practices that have caused them to collapse and questions in the banking industry? How do you keep up that confidence? You know, Steve, it's being visible. You know, if you hide from the customers, they're going to think there's a problem. If you're in front of the customers explaining why Valley is different, why Valley is good, why Valley survived 95 years with never a losing quarter through a variety of economic cycles and world events and why we're poised and the reasons why we're strong now and poised to, to not survive but thrive in this particular uh, downturn with uh, bank failures and such. And I, I, you know, I can go through the specifics of our insured versus uninsured deposits, our diversity of our deposit book, our loan book, our investment book. We don't have those issues because we manage this from a very strong risk perspective and create a lot of diversity within all parts of our bank. That's Tom Iadanzi. He's the president of Valley National Bank, one of our partners, one of the supporters of Lessons in Leadership, and we are honored, Mary and I are honored to be a part of the Valley Leadership Academy with some really exceptional people. And to the HR and the talent development team, we say thank you to you and also to Ira. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Steve. And, and with regards to the Leadership Academy, Valley would not be where it is without the help of the two of you. So we greatly appreciate everything you do for us in developing our people and ourselves. So thank you both very much. Have a wonderful day. Tom, there was a little bit of an audio problem. Could you say again how great I was? <laughs> there was no audio problem. Do not take the bait. For everything you've done for the development of myself, Ira, and our entire leadership group and our staff. That was pathetic, just begging for a comment. I, that's not, I, I got to deal with my, I'm going to go see my therapist. I'm too needy. Tom, I, Danza, Mary Gamble, we'll right back right after this. <laughs> Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Chamber, celebrating 50 years of building connections and driving business growth. So, Mary, there it is. Tom Iadanza on the, um, on the back end earlier. We had Kika Wise talking about uh, Kika Stretch Studios. Hey, Mary, I've showed you a million times before. Can we get that? This little thing that says breathe. You know, I, I've said this a million times. It helps me when I'm here. And also, it's not about me, but it's about wellness and being not just better at what you do, but how you do what you do and being in a better place, whether it's yoga, walking, meditation, stretching, Pilates, um, reading. I... I'll get off my soapbox, but I'm going to say this. I don't see how people, and I know it's hard to pull it all off and trying to pay bills and keep things going and manage with our kids. I don't see how the heck you do it with a clear head without getting some help, without doing some things for yourself. And it's not yeah. selfish, is it? No, it's not selfish at all. And that could either just be deep breathing. It could be meditation. And I'm not saying meditation in the sense where you get like the those bowls and bells ringing and monks and whatever, 
but literally just taking a pause, taking an inventory, listening to your own body, listening to, did I get enough sleep? Do I need to just stop, put that phone down, right? We all get into the cycle of scrolling through our phones, uh, binge watching, right? To me, that is my wellness. My husband and I love to binge watch shows. We're watching a show now that I'm not going to recommend because it's not that great, but we're going to finish it. So, but it is, it's about finding whatever that is for you that just helps you to feel recharged and re-energized because if not, then you're cheating at work. You're cheating with your family because your mind is going to be too full with all the noise. And you deal with things that come at you in ways. And I, this isn't some hypothetical. I, I know I have to say goodbye, Alvin, but I'm just going to say this. If you don't do that for yourself, you'll be lashing out. You'll be just not good, not just for yourself, but for everyone else around you. That's it. Just breathe. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world. Choose New Jersey and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Chamber, celebrating 50 years of building connections and driving business growth.